Good evening and welcome to this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Each Sunday night we get together for three hours. We talk about the news of the week, sometimes the events of our often bizarre lives, and we do so in an entertaining, informative, and unique fashion. Good evening, Leah Brandon. How are you this evening? I'm doing very well. How are you? Well, you know, uh, considering the news of the week and especially the weekend, i got to be honest, uh, not too good. Um, it gets harder and harder every week. Well, you know, yesterday we buried Antonin Scalia, yeah. and we probably put the second foot of the United States in the grave uh, <laughs> based on the election results in both Nevada and in South Carolina. Of course, we will get into extensive coverage of all of that, uh, but before we do... Speaking of Antonin Scalia, who was obviously the Supreme Court justice who was uh, buried uh, yesterday in a very moving ceremony, I need to start off this program with an apology. Uh-oh. Uh, uh, you know, talk show hosts are often told never apologize, but I think this is pretty well warranted. You know, last week when I spoke about uh, the death of Scalia, I, I was very upset and, and even angered a little bit at Scalia himself for not taking better That's right. care of himself. Um, because I thought, you know, somebody with that much responsibility, uh, knowing that Barack Obama had a year left in office, you know, he should be doing uh, calisthenics and watching his diet and making sure he stays away from that pipe and, you know, making sure there's somebody near him if he's not feeling well. And apparently that didn't happen. But now I realize I didn't know at the time in my defense. I did not realize at the time, but I do now. And so that's why I need to apologize. I didn't realize at the time that Scalia had actually been assassinated. And that's what I need to apologize for. See, (laughs) I I thought he died of natural causes because he was 79 years old, obese, and a smoker, and was found asleep or, you know, dead in his sleep. That's all seemed to make sense to me. But I'm I'm obviously naive, and um, I'm you know I'm a I'm a stooge to the establishment. And um, it's well. No, now, wait a minute. Because you said he should have had a 24-hour bodyguard, so you should still be upset with him. If well, he was assassinated, he should have had the bodyguard. That's true. I say no okay. apology warrant. Well, I'm not really apologizing then for being upset at Scalia. I'm apologizing for being duped by this cover story that he died in his sleep. Because it's yeah. obvious he was assassinated, and we know here's how we know. Because the person who found him publicly said that they found him with a pillow over his head. And there's mm-hmm. only there's only one explanation. For that person. He was smothered. <laughs> right. There's only one explanation for that, as Drudge, you know, Matt Drudge of the Drudge Report so clearly told us, putting it in red, almost with blood dripping from it, uh, that you know, Scalia was found with a pillow over his head. Yeah. As if there is no other explanation than he was smothered. Because if he was smothered, the person who found him would have casually stated that to the media. <laughs> oh, by the way, it was weird. He had a pillow over over his head, um, and, and it just, you know, kind of weird that it was over his face. By the way, why didn't you say it was over his face? This is, I actually emailed Matt Drudge about this, Leah. How, this is how crazy I am. And, and interestingly, I don't know if this was why, but within minutes of me sending the email, he took the color red off the headline. He didn't take the headline down. He took the color red off because I emailed Matt, and I said, Matt, you're making a fool. What are you doing? You're making a fool of yourself here. It is very obvious that when the guy said pillow over his head, he meant literally over the head. Okay? Not on top of the face. Do we understand the difference? If it's on top of the face, 
First of all, the person smothering probably removes the pillow from the face before leaving. But let's say they're the worst assassin of all time, and they don't. The person who finds them might say, oh, it was weird. I found a pillow over his face. Okay, you know what? Over is the wrong word. That's where this thing went off the rails. It should have said above. Well, it did. Regardless of whether. Above. When you say over, that means laid over. No, it doesn't. It does. No, Leah. Leah, (laughs) look. If you're laying in a bed and you've got a bunch of pillows around you and let's say one of them's like support. Is that. Behind? That's a. No, because you're laying down. It's above. It's above. Oh, my God. Anyway, obviously, that was a fake apology. Um, I wonder, <laughs> I wonder, by the way, you know, it, it, this isn't this is relevant to what happened uh, with is, is happening with Donald Trump, because without Matt Drudge, Donald Trump is not in the position that he's in. So Matt Drudge is an incredibly important figure in all this, as we've been documented for months and months and months. We noticed the minute that Drudge switched from Scott Walker to Matt, uh, to Donald Trump, and that was mm-hmm. huge. And without Drudge, there is no Trump, period, end of sentence. And basically, if you go to the Drudge Report right now, Drudge is taking a victory lap on this. He's basically taking credit for it, if you look at uh, some of his headlines right now. But here's what's amazing. The guy who is about to make Donald Trump the GOP nominee, and in my view, probably hand the election to Hillary, his supposed archenemy, is someone who apparently believed that Scalia might have been assassinated, or at least wanted people to believe that he might have been assassinated, believes that Alex Jones, 9-11 conspiracy theorist, is a credible source. Yeah, he, that's the big problem right there. Because uh, he cites him all the time and believes that robots are taking over humanity. This is the guy. This is the guy who is determining who our next president is, or at least the nominee. And indirectly the president, because I think it's going to set up awfully well for Hillary. But we'll get more to that as we move on. Um, There's a ton to get to. And I don't know whether or not we're going to talk about other subjects other than uh, the presidential race. We may, we may not. Uh, But we're going to start off with this being a a very special edition of the uh, John and Leah show. And we, we know it's special because we have special music to go out with. This is a defining moment. This is America on the brink. No matter what kind of allergy day you're... Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. This is a special edition of the John and Leah Show. America on the brink of Trump sanity. That's how serious this is, folks. Uh, by the way, you can check out each and every one of the 22 stations that carry the John and Leah Show on a weekly basis at our website, which has been newly updated with some great new features at www.freespeechbroadcasting. That's freespeechbroadcasting.com. Dot com, And just a couple of notes before we get into what's going to be very extensive coverage of the uh, situation regarding both presidential races. This show is, I say all the time, is unique. One of the things that makes it unique is we don't care about making you feel good. No. We don't care about protecting our share of the audience by not offending those that we perceive to be our fans. In other words... A lot of talk radio won't tell you the truth about certain candidates like Donald Trump 
or Ted Cruz because they perceive that that's who their audience is backing, and they don't want to offend those people. This show, for better or for worse, who knows, doesn't care about that. This is going to be the show of record on this travesty, all right? So, so when this thing all goes up in flames, it probably won't help this show at all from any point of view, except a few people are going to go, gee, John and Leah had it right all the way back then. Maybe we should have listened to them. Um, that's the only thing that we will have going for us. But we will have that going for us. Because <laughs> that'll be it. That will be it. But we, we can say we told you so as we're unplugged. That, yeah, pretty much. That's what we're going for. But but at least enjoy it while you have it, folks. If you care about the <laughs> truth, if you care about honesty, if you have the courage to know what's really happening and what's really going to go down, this is your show. So with that being said, let's start with the South Carolina Republican primary. Um, I predicted on Twitter the morning of the primary yesterday that Trump would win with uh, 30%, Rubio would be second with 23%, uh, that uh, Cruz would be third with 22%, and then all the way down in fourth would be Bush at nine, Kasich in fifth at eight, Carson in last place at six, which turned out almost to be exact. It was the exact order and was remarkably close on each and every one of the percentages. Leah, why don't you give us your roundup of what actually did transpire in South Carolina yesterday? Okay, so I just want to say this is the very first news story in my life that I have written with this first word. Welp. Donald Trump (laughs) continues to throw this process into chaos for someone trying to win the SC uh, primary. He kept on doing and saying the wrong things, but exit polls say it came down to one question, and that was, who's going to keep me safe? Trump far and away the winner. He even won amongst evangelicals, which make up two-thirds of the electorate there. We're going to build our military so big, so good, so strong, so powerful that nobody is ever going to mess with us, folks. Shockingly, he also said this about the other candidates. I want to also congratulate the other candidates. In particular, I have to say, uh, Ted and Marco did a really good job, and they uh, they did quite well, as I understand. Now, uh, he neglected in his victory speech to say even one word about Jeb Bush, who had a major and very awkward announcement just moments before Trump took the stage. Tonight, I am suspending my campaign. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Thank you, man. Marco Rubio, though, who came in second, had this to say about Bush. Jeb Bush has many things to be proud of. He is an extraordinary husband. He's an extraordinary father. He was the greatest governor in the history of Florida. And I, and I believe and I pray that his service to our country has not yet ended. So the final tally, Donald Trump winning 32.5%, Rubio second, Cruz third, very close numbers with those two. And the final three, Bush, Kasich, and Carson in that order with seven and change among all of them. All right. Um, so much to get to. Let's try to take it in some sensible order. First of all, you mentioned that Trump failed to mention Jeb Bush. Yeah. Which, to my understanding, I watched a lot of coverage last night, got almost no notice. I, I saw nobody make a stink about that on, on um, the networks that I watched. I haven't seen much online about it at all, and I Mm-mm. think I think it's mostly because, and we've talked about this before, where because Trump is is got every virus known to man, 
He has immunity now. We expect so little of him um, that to, for him to be classless, we go, well, that's okay. Classlessness is already built into the cake on Trump. So sure. so who cares? He's just Trump being Trump. Um, or somehow, I'm sure the, his Trump fans would be rationalizing, well, it would be disingenuous for him to say something gracious about Jeb because he had brutalized him the entire campaign. No, um, I'm sorry. You could at least acknowledge the guy. And here's why this is important. It's not just a class issue. And I'm somebody that still cares about class. I guess no one else really it's does. It's gone. No one, I, really, it's gone. No one cares about class anymore. But for, for some bizarre reason, I still do. But here's why it does matter. We're electing a president of the United States. And there are going to be situations in any president's tenure where they're going to be expected to know when to do stuff like that. And if they don't, it's a major international incident. And so Trump is a walking, walking international incident. I mean, how many funerals are going to happen or how many episodes are going to occur where he offends somebody because he just doesn't even think about it? Because he's so, so self selfish, so narcissistic, so self-centered, it doesn't even occur to him to mention that Jeb Bush just dropped out. So that bothered me. Now, how did this happen? Well, boy, <laughs> books probably will be written about how this happened, uh, because let's just examine for a moment uh, what did occur. Uh, I never would have imagined, if you had told me uh, even two years ago, uh, that Donald Trump could go into South Carolina, say that George Bush lied about weapons of mass destruction, <laughs> get in a fight with the Pope, Talk on CNN extensively and intimately about Michael Jackson's sex life. Mm -hmm. Say that he likes the Obamacare mandate in oh, the yeah. same CNN show. Yep. And kick everybody's ass. It's weird. In South Flippin' Carolina. <laughs> One of my favorite states, one of the few states on the East Coast I haven't lived in, but I've spent a lot of time there. Love Charleston. South Carolina. Love it. I, had, I, I thought so much of the South Carolina people. Um, I don't think as much today, uh, because, at least not for a third of them, because this is it's unbelievable. It, is, it, it shatters everything we thought we knew about the nature of politics. I, and by the way, the South. I think the South is 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 changing rapidly. It's filled with Northerners now. Yeah, rapidly changing, uh, and I think that's part of it too. Now it is important to point out: two thirds did not vote for Donald Trump. <laughs> that, that's and that's important because that's still you know that's an issue that needs to be dealt with, and Trump needs to deal with it. But something happened that I think saved his butt in South Carolina because I think he was headed for a very close race up until. Up until, bizarrely, he got saved by the Pope. I believe that the Pope bailed Trump's ass out in South Carolina, and I'll explain when we come back. There's so much to get to on this special America on the Brink of Trump Sanity edition of the John and Leah Show. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. My name is John Ziegler. She's Leah Brandon. Stay tuned.
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com, where, among other things, you can see the brand-new billboard that appeared this week. In, uh, it's beautiful. In Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Um, uh, so uh, check that out, as well as the updated official John and Leah Show percentages for both the Republican nomination as well as the presidency that's ever-changing. Updated them just a couple of hours ago. We'll talk about that later on. But first, I want to talk a little bit about how the stage was set for what occurred yesterday in South Carolina in the GOP primary, won, of course, by Donald Trump. And I think, Leah, because I, as you know, I watch polls very, very closely. Mm-hmm. And I'm a former polling analyst. And I have a pretty good sense. I have a you know, gut feel about these types of things. And I think now, looking at the way the data broke down, Trump was in a little bit of trouble. In South Carolina, I, I think that his support was starting to get a little wavery, not a lot of it, just some of it, but it didn't need to be a lot for it to make a difference. I think some people are a little uneasy with all the crap that was going on with Trump and that debate performance last Saturday. And then all of a sudden, Trump got a gift, maybe literally from heaven. It's like magic. It is. With me, it's just works. You know, it's magic. It's magic because what happens was and, and what's amazing about this, this is maybe the Trump magic, <laughs> is that it appears as if the Pope may not have even actually been talking about Donald Trump. Do you know that? Did you know that? Well, he was talking about Donald Trump. All right. Well, it's not clear to me because we've got the trade. got the language issues. You've got mm-hmm. you've got the media reporting issues. Who's been talking about building the wall on the board? <laughs> no, no, I understand. I'm not being naive, Leah. I'm just saying that it's not as clear cut as it well, was close first. enough for Trump to run with it. Well, that's exactly right. See, now let, let's take a look at what Trump does here and, and compare it to what other normal candidates would do. And this is where I, you know, I'm very objective about Donald Trump. I'll give credit where credit is due because he knocked this one out oh, of yeah. the park. The statement was unbelievable. Right. So, so, so the Pope makes this statement, apparently questioning his Christianity because of the fact he wants to build walls and not bridges. Of course, the hypocrisy on the part of the Pope, where he's living in the Vatican, which has this huge wall <laughs> around. They've got the most stringent immigration policy in the world. It's yeah, its own sovereign country. I mean, holy hypocrisy, Batman. Yeah, they're taking but, one couple from the uh, refugees right. one i mean it's it's laughable <laughs> it's so laughable even you know the idiots in the media got it um and and you know of course the media just love this i mean the pope versus trump i mean my god we can't ask for anything <laughs> more than this so so trump hears about this statement now the normal campaign would be completely panic stricken oh, oh my sure. god oh my god what do we do uh, do we have time for a focus group? Uh, let's bring in the consultants. Um, do we need to apologize? Do we need to make so, you know make, make a great statement about how wonderful the Pope is? And, and it would have taken forever. I mean, it would have taken hours and hours. They might have missed the entire news cycle. It, it might have been the next day. Instead, Trump, see, I mean, I don't know how he does this. How does he get from place to place and still have time to have statements written and press conferences ready to go on, I know. A, mo- on a moment's notice? It's amazing. And it's like he's cloned. <laughs> Like there's more than one of him, so and he's 69 years old. He's got he sleeps three or four hours a night. He's got all this energy, so he comes out, and instead of doing what the normal politician would do and say, 
the Pope. Uh, I, I just want to make sure we have a clear understanding. He might not understand. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, the me- Weasley type of politician answer. Oh, sure. Trump oh, sure. turns right into the curve and not only doesn't apologize, he literally says the Pope should be praying he's president. Let's listen. If and when the Vatican is attacked by ISIS, which, as everyone knows, is ISIS's ultimate trophy. I can promise you that the Pope would have only wished and prayed that Donald Trump would have been president. (laughs) (laughs) That was tremendous. (laughs) Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? I mean, and it was, and the beauty of it from Trump's standpoint was, it was on the perfect issue, illegal immigration, which is huge in South Carolina. If it, by the way, where was the question? This is an aside. Where was the reporter's question asking the Pope about Hillary Clinton's position on abortion? By the way, when when thank you. When are we going to get that one? That'll never occur, of course, because the press is completely in the tank. But, but. You know, the reality is, if it had been on almost any other issue, this might not have worked out well for Trump. But because it was illegal immigration, because the Pope is such a hypocrite on it, and because it's such an important part of his campaign, and it's so important in South Carolina, I think it saved him. Now, what was the difference? I don't know. He ended up winning by a pretty decent margin, double figures. Yeah, 10 points. 10 points. But... Uh, I think it was worth, it could have been worth three, four, five points either direction in that range. Uh, (laughs) At least, here's what at least it did. It changed the subject from that debate and all the issues that came from it back to his playing field and got him back on sound footing and gave him momentum going in. And then, of course, the quote-unquote conservative media helped him out with uh, doing a, a hit job on Marco Rubio, Matt Drudge did. And uh, that's interesting because I have a a very close relationship uh, with part of this story. So we'll talk about that when we come back on the John and Leah show here on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. This is a special edition of the John and Leah Show. It's America on the brink of Trump sanity. We're going to keep talking about this until I got nothing more important to say, and that might not be enough time. Ever. That might be ever, (laughs) because there's so much to talk about. Um, Before we get on to what occurred just before the South Carolina primary involving Marco Rubio and the so-called conservative media, One other point on Trump and the Pope, which I was remiss in not mentioning, although it was pretty obvious if you were paying attention. Trump not only won in perception, he won in reality. Oh, yeah. The Pope actually apologized to Trump. Yes. The Pope apologized effectively to Trump. Now, that was a huge victory in so many ways, mostly because, look— in a president, we want somebody of stature. I truly believe that you take somebody 
um, who who used every single word that Donald Trump has since the beginning of this campaign, and they're not a billionaire, and they don't have a rich, you know, they don't have a, a super hot wife, and they're not a big celebrity, they'd be at one percent in the polls, okay? But because he's rich, has the hot wife, and is a huge celebrity, and owns all these golf courses, people think, wow, he's got stature. There must be something to it. Stature right. is incredibly important, and. When you are at the stature of the Pope and you're getting apologies from the Pope, I'm sorry. That automatically puts you as presidential. Better, it does. Better or worse, in the minds of most people, you are at a presidential level. And, you know, Marco Rubio is not seen that way as of yet. And he may never get there. Um, now, now, here's what happened with Rubio. Now, I, I was skeptical as to whether this Rubio surge that was showing up in some of the polls was real or not. I was hoping it was, because I still think he's got the best chance of beat Hillary, beating Hillary Clinton. But I knew it was real when, on Friday night, the Drudge Report had as its headline a clear hit job on the issue of illegal immigration that was a link to a Breitbart report. Now, Breitbart and Drudge have been tag-teaming on behalf of Trump for months. It's, it's obvious Anybody that watches this stuff, and I believe they've been doing it for profit. I don't know if they've been paid directly. Uh, there have been rumors and some reports that the Breitbart people have been paid directly by Trump. I don't know if that's real or not. People within the Breitbart organization who I respect have told me that's not the case, but I don't know. I do know they made a lot of money through traffic because they get they got linked at Drudge every time they put up a pro-Trump story. And if it's linked on Drudge, it's massive traffic, which is good for them. And that's why they're doing it. It's a symbiotic relationship between Matt Drudge, the Drudge Report, and Breitbart, or, or as some people now refer to it as Trump-Bart. And what's really aggravating is that Andrew Breitbart, who's now deceased, the guy who founded Breitbart.com, I don't know if you know this, Leah, was a huge Marco Rubio fan. Did you know that? I did know that okay. because Marco Rubio came in on the Tea Party surge. Right, and he was a big Tea Partier. In fact, there's a television interview of Andrew before he, he passed away suddenly. Effectively, you could argue, endorsing Marco Rubio for president in 2016. Right. And and yet here they do they go on the night before the South Carolina primary on the number one issue – illegal immigration with this obvious manufacturer report attacking Marco Rubio on his stance on illegal immigration. And here, this pained me to no end, as close as I was to Andrew Breitbart. And by the way, I, I, I'm in a no-win situation when I say that, because people think, is that really true? Look, look, here's the reality on Andrew Breitbart and me. Uh, Andrew Breitbart uh, introduced my first film at its premiere. He introduced my second film at its premiere. And on my 40th birthday, I spent that night with three people going out. One of them was Andrew Breitbart. Right, we were incredible close for about two, three years, uh, fighting some great fights together. We had a falling out just before his death, which I'll forever be regretful for. But I knew the guy exceedingly well. And he's rolling over in his grave when he heard, if he did, Marco Rubio say this on Fox News Channel. You have former ICE officials now who are saying that your push for enforcement along the border hasn't been consistent, that when you were part of that gang of eight, uh, that, that you were not making it a priority. When they questioned this, Chris Crane, who ran this council group of, of officers, said that not one of yeah. the changes we suggested was made to the bill before Senator Rubio introduced it, that he tried and failed with you repeatedly, that your heart wasn't in it. Yeah, number one, that's not true, and he's not an ICE official. He's the head of a union, and it's being reported on a website that's not a credible source. It's the same website that said, Neil, that you guys gave me the questions to the debate, uh, because one of the members so of my staff is a family part. member this that was runs. This was a bright part 
Then, so you, you don't give it any credence or his remarks any credence? We don't even we don't even credential them for our events. Uh, this is the same website that reported that Fox News and that you and you guys in your debate gave me the questions to the debate so I could prepare. You know that that's not true. So I, d I literally don't even talk about the things they report because they're basically conspiracy theories and oftentimes manipulated. And that individual is not an ICE official. He's the head of a union. All right. Mm -hmm. now, when I saw that, as you might expect, Leah, I mean, you know, it, it's really infuriating. It, forget about the fact that it's it's impacting, I believe, in a negative way, the cause of beating Hillary Clinton. That's number one, which which Andrew would never be in favor of. But number two, to see what Breitbart.com has become, uh, maybe out of economic survival. I don't know what it is. I, I think their business model is broken, and I think they're desperate, and they've latched on to Trump. And whether they're getting, whether they're getting paid directly or indirectly, I don't know. But they're in the tank, 100% in the tank uh, for Donald Trump. And it was obvious that they were trying to do this because they saw Rubio as a threat on the eve of the South Carolina primary. Now, look, on the issue of illegal immigration, I'll be the first to acknowledge I understand why people are suspicious of Marco Rubio. I get yep. it. I am, I, and you are a, a hawk on illegal immigration like nobody else I know. Uh, yeah. I'm philosophically with you, although I'm a little bit more of a realist because I think we've already lost on the issue. But here's what I wish people would understand, Leah. And maybe if I can't convince you, I, I won't be able to convince anybody else. But if I can convince you, maybe I can persuade others because you're very hardcore on this. <laughs> I, I, wish, I wish people would understand the way politics works. In a weird way, you are far more likely to get amnesty as Donald Trump as your nominee than Marco Rubio. And let me explain why. First of all, Trump is likely to lose to Hillary, far more likely than Rubio. That gets you Hillary as president, which means amnesty. By the way, probably with a Democrat. People don't believe it. Okay, okay, people I, have I, trouble believing okay, that. All right, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I got it all covered. OK, so, uh, by the way, you get Hillary with a Democratic Senate. Good luck with that. Good luck. Be happy with that amnesty you guys were fighting against because you had Donald Trump. Number two, the number one rule of politics is that and it's amazing to me that people don't understand this. Where you are perceived to be your weakest or your least trustworthy is the one area where you can never commit a Sin. So put yourself in Rubio's position. Let's say Rubio got elected, right? And Rubio, by the way, would have a Republican Senate if he was elected by by nature, right? Because it's already Republican. It's, it's impossible to comprehend that what Rubio would get elected with a Democratic Senate. That just doesn't make any sense, all right? So you have Rubio with a Republican Senate. Nobody trusts him on illegal immigration. Everybody is going to be all over him the moment he does anything that looks like betrayal on illegal immigration, right? He's not going to do that because he's yeah, not but, he's not an idiot. Be so be he would never he would destroy his entire presidency over something that his own party would never go for. That's not the way politics works, especially for a young guy that wants to get reelected. And let me give you the third leg of this argument. Let's say you get Trump and he gets elected. All right. 
because it's perceived as Trump's, Trump's strongest area, the area where you could never possibly question him, is illegal immigration. Because after all, he wants to build the biggest, most beautiful wall ever and make Mexico pay for it. Because, With a door. Right. Because, because you trust him on that, he's far more likely to betray you on it. Because guess what's going to happen? And we know this, Leah, because... We saw it in California with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, when, yes. When you put a celebrity in office, especially when they're from the Republican, quote-unquote, Republican side, and they start to get criticized. They can't handle it. All they want is to be loved, all right? And, and the amount of criticism Trump would get from all sides, if he ever tried to do anything close to what he's claiming he's going to do on illegal immigration, would make him collapse. And he... And, and so... I don't know what Trump would do. I can't, I mean, who the hell knows what Trump, I, frankly, I don't know what Trump knows what he would do on a daily basis. <laughs> I mean, it's, it depends on who's complimenting him on one day or who's, who's you know, criticizing him on one day, what his policies are. And that's the scariest thing about the guy. I mean, literally, his positions change based upon whether or not somebody is complimenting him or not. Uh, that's how self-centered he is. My it's point, true. He's so wishy-washy. You can't count on anything. And well, you know, and so the what, wall is like his go to when the crowd dies down. Ah, ex- build a wall. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. That's what it is. In fact, he's even referred to it as that. It's kind of like a comic bit, like you're like you, you keep yes. it in your back pocket when the crowd is starting to die down, you know, bring out the wall. I mean, that's how crazy it is. Are you not entertained? I, so so my point here this is, look. Rubio is not perfect on illegal immigration. But there's one other thing I want you to consider. One last thing. This is my last line of argument on Rubio. This drives me crazy that people do not understand the circumstances under which the Gang of Eight occurred. The Gang of Eight occurred after Barack Obama won overwhelming re-election with a Democratic Senate. So you have a Democratic Senate Harry Reid's the majority leader. You've got Barack Obama newly reelected. All right. Effectively, Republicans have a gun to their head because Obama yeah. is is threatening executive orders. Yeah. So so how in the world do you grade, do you judge somebody based upon what they did when they had a gun to their head and say it will be the same thing? Once they have the gun at somebody else's head, because Rubio is a different person as president with the Republican Senate when the gun is in his hand, because he's the president now. Use your and, brains. And let's not forget that Rubio is the only one, really, who seems to be well-versed and speaks about it a lot during the debates, the situation with ISIS and what we're facing. And so that makes me feel like I'm going to be okay with the immigration thing because he's not going to have the visas. He's already talked about the economic reasons to look at, uh, you know, people coming in this country and being legalized. I'm not really that worried about it. I'm just not. Knowing what I know about what he believes about the Muslim ISIS situation, I'm cool with it. And and I am a a single-issue voter, and it is immigration. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that. because I, I I can't tell you how many people on Twitter and Facebook and elsewhere tell me, I'll never go for Rubio, amnesty. Arr, arr, arr. Okay, right. and I always say, well, enjoy your amnesty with Hillary. You'll feel a lot better. Won't you feel a lot better 
when Hillary is president and you got a Democratic Senate and you get that kind of amnesty because at least you expressed your anger. At least, <laughs> at least you, you backed the guy who wanted to build a wall. At least he told you he did. I mean, I mean it's I, black and white. He can't. No one can beat Hillary except for Rubio. No one. Poll after poll after poll after poll. Oh, come I on. Mean, the what else do you need? Believe me. I mean, Believe me. That's all you need. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's going to beat her. Believe me. I mean, it's not going to be close. It's going to be a Trumpian landslide. Believe me. I mean, <laughs> what else? <laughs> what more do you need, Leah Brandon? All right. When we come back, and now we're number two, um, a- analysis of where we are in this race that you will not hear anywhere else, I promise you, because I was up till 1 a.m. last night doing the numbers on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Freak. 